Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Coming at you live, Taiwan's number one English language NBA podcast. Sam Yarbs with Von Ryan, and today we're going to be breaking down the overrated and underrated for the 2017-2018 NBA season. A different kind of over/under podcast than we usually. Do. That's right. Less gambling related, more uh, our thoughts on what are the most underrated aspects of the upcoming NBA season, and uh, what are the most uh, overrated aspects. We're starting with the underrated aspects of the season. So, what are the, what, to me, let's start by defining our terms here. Underrated. What does underrated mean to you? I think things that don't get enough attention. You know, NBA is a, a almost a twelve month sport. We're following Absolutely. so much. The off season is as important as the the regular season, and we hear so many things over and over. But there's some things that don't get enough attention. Very, very, very few things. Very few things. I, I yeah. Think <laughs> thinking of three things that were really underrated, but something stood out to me. There's so much going on in the NBA, especially this off season. Has been, uh, as far as I can remember, the the busiest, most nonstop off season. Uh, and you know, and and as we're gearing up here, less than a month away from the tip off, uh, there definitely are some stories and some aspects of the upcoming season that I think didn't get the attention they deserve, that maybe didn't get the same attention as uh, some of the stories that have been dominating the airwaves, dominating the articles written. Yeah, and especially there's so many voices, and people are, are mm. listening to the top voices and kind of regurgitating them. So you hear the same things over and over. So most things. I think fall into the overrated category, but we got some yeah. underrated here. And that's the way. I mean, and part of that with the, the the proliferation of voices and the way people are talking about the NBA constantly is um, is is what you speak about that kind of groupthink where you groupthink. Yeah, you develop, yeah, you develop a narrative on a certain team, and sometimes that narrative becomes so strong that you that uh, that you, you might be blind to certain opportunities, or you might miss certain things um, that would otherwise be standing out to you. And I think there's a few of those in some of the examples that we have. Absolutely. So we're gonna go back. Back and forth. We're gonna pitch each other. We got three topics each. Topics that we think are underrated. Underrated storylines. Underrated players. Underrated teams. Underrated coaches. Could be anything. Heading into the 2017-2018 season, and we're gonna spit back and forth, talk about them, and uh, and give you our thoughts. So and try to sell the other person. They can buy it. At, at the end, they can either buy it and they agree. Or they can disagree, say actually it's properly rated, or they can go all the way 180 and say actually now that you mentioned it, you're, it's actually completely the other way. It's like, overrated. They're they're overrated. It out, it's actually overrated. They're yeah. overrated. Okay, yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. Good, good, good. Um, uh, why don't I kick it off? Because mine, uh, I have a few that are kind of quick hitters, and I know right. we're gonna get into. You got some meaty topics. That I want to, I want to, I want to leave yours for last. <laughs> I don't know about meaty. But you got the main course. Well, right. Let's get a little appetizer right here. A little appetizer. Um, here's one that I think a quick uh, underrated transaction, um, and not underrated in the sense that people um, people don't think it's a good transaction, but just that it hasn't been talked enough about. Kyrie to Boston. Kyrie to Boston. Exactly. What's going? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one went completely under the radar. I don't remember hearing about it uh, for weeks at a time yeah um and uh what about it's hip no um this one is a is a, is a, is patterson going to the oklahoma city thunder patterson that little pickup i mean paul george obviously the biggest addition in the offseason mm -hmm. but i would say um you know equally would be way too strong but dollar for dollar almost equally important you got a guy like patterson who can stretch the floor who is not really uh, being utilized and getting a lot of playing time over in toronto uh, and you think about the synergy Patterson will have playing at the same time as Paul George. Now Westbrook's got two guys who can really stretch the floor for him out there. That spacing that he didn't necessarily have last year. Let's remember last year the OKC was what seat were they? The fourth or fifth seed? They were. They played Utah in the first round. I forget which one was the fourth and which was the fifth. 
But they were right there in the they, they played path. Houston. I think they were the sixth and Houston was the Oh, that's the right. Sixth. It was the, it was the, that's right. They were the sixth. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Three Apologies. Six. That was the Clippers. Pretty, pretty Clippers and that. A couple of games separating them. Yeah, yeah, a couple of games separating So they were down there in the, in the sixth seed. They've added Paul George. Now they've added this other guy who can stretch the floor with his shooting. Uh, I and think the Clippers that's and the Jazz fell off slightly. Absolutely. The Jazz significantly, in my opinion. Uh, and, uh, and the Clippers, you know, TBD, uh, depending on when Blake Griffin might even return to that team. So, what do you think? What do you think about Patterson to, to OKC? Is that one? Does that meet your criteria for underrated? I like it. I like it a lot. I think you're right. It's underrated, and you mentioned that. Well, hey, dollar for dollar, it's just equal to Paul George. But you know, maybe even just straight up equally. Like when you have a team full of stars, mm-hmm. you need that role player, like that glue guy. He's, yeah. He's the most important player on the team in some aspects of it. Yeah. By himself. He's not an important player. But once you have a bunch of stars, you need the guy who can kind of just pass the ball and set people up, mm-hmm. manage egos, not demand the ball in his hand. Yeah. That guy is really important. And he, he makes the team Especially work. when Russell Westbrook is your point guard. You cannot be, where's the ball, motherfucker? No, you cannot. That's not going to work out. So I, I like that one. I, I agree. Yeah. That's, an, that's an underrated move. The, the argument against it would be, okay, if he's oh, that man, guy... Oh, his body. His body. Yeah, wait, wait, wait a minute. Let me just shorten the stock real quick. It would be, if he is that guy, why, why didn't he, you know, why, why, wasn't, why didn't Toronto work harder to retain him? Why didn't they do more? Um, you know, you could argue that they're the kind of team that also needs that spacing. Why didn't they do more? That's always the red flag. You know? The incumbent team lets him walk for cheap. With the team, yeah, exactly. The team that has a chance to see him every day, you know. And uh, maybe it was a thing with the coach that he fell out of favor there. Um, uh, who knows exactly. That would make me a little bit nervous, uh, especially now that he's going to a significantly harder conference. Uh, but at the same time, he's playing with a, a much more explosive uh, playmaker. I love Lowry, but Westbrook commands way more attention. And um, and so he's going to be getting more open looks, I would imagine, in the OKC offense uh, with Westbrook and uh, Paul George kind of acting as the, the fulcrums there. The only thing I would say is Toronto's got a lot of young guys coming up. Not anyone who's really shown much, but they do yeah. have a lot of draft picks. Yeah, Toronto's been in that weird, like... Kind of like these guys have been around three or four years that just play like five minutes or bounce around the D league and come back. But... Well, they've, they've, they've had such a strange... Uh, it'd be good to deep go deep on Toronto one day. I mean, it's been well documented. They kind of stumbled into being good, right? They, yeah. they traded away uh, Gay uh, and... Uh, and they, they, and they were trying to trade Lowry. With Masai, yeah. They, and they didn't have the intention of being good. And then they kind of stumbled into this, this formula for, for being a very successful team. And they've kind of been walking this middle path the whole way. But because seems, they've been too good to tank, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've got to take your shot, especially in the East. And although they signed, re-signed Ibaka mm-hmm. and Lowry, I still kind of feel like this is sort of them appeasing the fans, but mm-hmm. not going all in, and yeah. giving more time... For to the young guys, hoping that maybe they can step up, you know, give energy for the the older guys. Yeah. You know, maybe it works out that way. Maybe they maybe, stumble yeah. into it again. Maybe so. Yeah. If they keep the keep keep, uh, you know, if, if Masai can work the draft and, and, and get up, pick up some of those picks, getting rid of Barnani, that was amazing. That was a fantastic, uh, fantastic. And choice. the pick. And the pick. I mean, amazing. But yeah, um, insane. But uh, DeRozan, I mean, a super polarizing player. Anyway, we're he getting was, off track from. Andrew. He was almost on my overrated. But almost on your. I didn't put any player on my overrated list, but okay. he was going to be the guy. I don't think I have any players too. Anyway. We'll get to that. That's a, that's in the next part. All right. So that's my first underrated Patterson to. to I like to OKC. it. Okay. How about you? I'm buying it. Right. All right. My first one is, this This goes to my love of football, and my number one complaint of football is mm-hmm. that coaches don't do enough trick plays. Trick plays always work. <laughs> yeah. Why don't they do them all the time? I love I and love watching YouTube compilations of trick plays. That's one of my amazing. favorite. Oh, this is so good. They almost always work. They keep the defense 
honest because the mm-hmm. defense can't just like line up in there like set you know they always have to be prepared for something mm-hmm. but t- no team actually runs it uh, the trick plays enough in football and then you go to basketball it's almost never you know a couple times a year you see someone inbound off someone's back oh, i love that i love amazing. that amazing yeah or you see the guy run to the, the the coach is screaming for a timeout the point guard jogs up the court runs to the bench and then Right before calling time, I just sprints to the basket oh, once sense. he sees the defense. Yeah. I mean, these plays are amazing. Also, you see, like, uh, the sham god dribble. It's a really popular dribble where the, the point guard, like, he's, he's doing a, sort of a crossover move, and he pretends to lose it, and the ball bounces up, like, you know, a belly button uh, high. Yeah. The, the defensive player lunges at it, and then he just bounces underneath him, crosses him over. One of my favorite plays. The sham god dribble. That's the, awesome. The That's sham a great. God That's dribble. a great. It's amazing. So I was trying to think of like what plays can really work, <laughs> because you know football there's just so many more options and yeah. basketball people are more glued in because it's like you know you have a shot clock and yeah. the play is stopped and then it's going. And I did have trouble thinking of of a lot of amazing ones, but yeah. I think more distraction based things. Distraction based. <laughs> okay, pitch me a few here. I like this. I like this so far. In eighth grade, a basketball player on my team named Tucker York. <laughs> He, he got down in the middle of a play and just got down all fours and just started barking like a dog in the middle of a play. <laughs> I think he's an eighth grader, he's not an NBA player. The NBA players aren't going to do this. The whole defense just looked at him and then we just went right by for the lay-in. <laughs> if there can be some distraction like we saw this year with J.R. Smith getting dapped by Jason Terry, this <laughs> kind of thing, like, or, or all, all the players pretending to look at something very fast, like, oh, what's that? Like, yeah, yeah. something orchestrated. Because like it, it, it can't be an embarrassing thing, but yeah. if you plan this out, like, these trick plays are going to work because no one ever does them. I love this. I'm all in on this underrated, especially if you're, especially if you're a lottery team or a team that, you know, you're not getting on SportsCenter for, for, any, for any other reason, you know, like the Pacers this year. What are the chances the Pacers are going to be on SportsCenter at all the year unless it's somebody dunking on them, you know? Like, why not rip together a few trick plays for a few wrinkles? I like that a lot. Also, another one that I like to run in 3 is the Fumble Ruski, another play that comes from football, yeah. <laughs> where the center pretends to hike it, but just leaves it on the ground and yeah. everyone runs. Same with basketball, you're just dribbling low, you put the ball behind you, yeah. you just leave it there, leave. take two fake dribbles, go for the jump shot, your guy's going to follow you, because what are the chances you're leaving it And then, it you, got a, and then and you, you got a trailer, trailer. yeah, you got a trailer, behind you, you picks the ball up and runs it. Bounce off the floor. Quick know, bounce, I like that. What about a play, uh, like an inbounds, like a sideline inbounds play? where you have a, a guy pretending to be the inbounder and he's standing like in front of the referee where the referee's offering the ball and he's like looking around calling for stuff, you know, like motioning and things like that, but really the real inbounder sneaks behind him, oh, takes the man. ball from the ref and fires like a quick alley-oop or I something love it, like yeah. that. Yeah, That's something like so good. a little yeah. distraction play as well. I like Absolutely. that. That's one of the first things that came to mind. Speaking of the, um, the, the, the ball off the back or ball off the other player, did you see the clip last year, or maybe it was two years ago, uh, of, uh, of Steph Curry doing that, but to his own teammate, to Draymond? He was trying to inbound the ball to bring it up the court, but Draymond was too busy arguing with the ref. So at like the four-second mark, Curry's like, he's going to get a five-second call, so he just threw it off of Draymond and picked it up, and Draymond didn't even react. He just kept yelling at the ref, and they both jogged up the court together. It's hilarious. Yeah, It's amazing. You can look up Steph. I think it's like Steph passes to himself or Steph off Draymond, something like that on YouTube. It's a hilarious, it's a perfect Draymond clip. Just, just being himself. That's amazing. And you look at the center's bodies, like they're so strong and so wide. I was thinking if the, the opposing center, if the inbounding team center kind of goes to him and sort of like gets in his way and kind of like mm-hmm. almost holds him, 
but the defending center will be happy to like guard his guy so they're super close and you can almost position his back you can angle it so you, so the inbounding player doesn't need to pass to himself he could just do a bank shot off the guy's back <laughs> have a huge wide target and the guy's not moving yeah if, if the guy he's guarding isn't moving then that opposing player is not moving you can get some pretty good angles cutter comes do a little bounce pack bounce pass off the back off the back yeah i like this i love it or why not go full football you know if you have an opportunity to run a fast break outlet pass why not have a guy set a screen in half court on your player and then the the you know the quarterback like lebron just airs the ball out full court run like a fly route run a corner you know do a couple like moves do some route running in there these guys all say they can play tight end anyway yeah absolutely do some full on like pick routes and things like that just have the guys flying down the court that could be that could be i love it more trick plays especially if you're not in the playoff picture why not why what are you doing why not run a few trick plays that when if you're a rookie wouldn't you want to go to play for the team that does the trick plays wouldn't you want to be known for that that would be absolutely, amazing absolutely yeah I mean, you would probably piss off a couple players like LeBron, and then he would go for 50. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. You do, do it to the <laughs> Warriors, the and team. they drop 170 on you. Something like that. Well, I mean, I think, unfortunately, you know, what I, the biggest problem I see is that uh, it's yeah, similar so, so to... Are buying the, or selling it? I'm buying. I'm buying. I'm all okay, in. I love it. it. But, but I, the, problem. the problem I see is that, um, you know, it's similar to the, uh, the, um, the underhand free throw, where NBA players, you know, you know it's effective. There's no reason not to do it. What's, you know, what's the risk? But it's the embarrassment. The first time a trick play goes wrong, you do the fumble ruski and the other team <laughs> isn't fooled and they just go coast to coast. Palms it with one hand. With one hand and takes it away and it's like, yeah, and then, then you've, you know, you've upped it to like 10 turnovers in the half or something like that. Then the, I think the embarrassment factor would be tough, but I love it. I'm, I'm all in on more trick plays in the NBA. It's fantastic. And one possible upside is... Whenever you watch like N one mixtape or the Harlem Globetrotters, <coughs> like man, that guy could he could get a couple minutes in the NBA if he yeah. just comes in and does this one little thing where like he hits the half court shot yeah. like blindfold. It's like if you can't do that in the NBA, like he hits the half court hook time. shot every night against the Washington Generals every single night. Yeah, yeah so yeah. maybe maybe the upside is you could bring a couple more of these guys in. They know their role, just the the clown, the goof. The yeah, yeah, bring him in. I love it. All right, trick plays okay. in it. That's a fantastic one. All right, good. What, what do you got next? We're off and running. All right, um, my next underrated um, is a team, actually. And uh, this kind of goes against something that I was arguing in the last podcast, but um, I, I, I felt I wanted to put it on there anyway. I'll, I'll see what you think. I was looking at the uh, at the over-unders now that Vegas has come out, and we're still going to go ahead and do our, our big over-under podcast later uh, as we get closer to the season with Ushao Jay, who is here, but she's just chilling right now. Um, the New Orleans Pelicans. Their over-under is, uh, is 39 and a half, and people are advocating banging the under on that one. Just banging the under. And you people can like your co-hosts. People, yeah, and you can understand why. They have, uh, they have very, very little shooting, um, and they, uh, they signed to remedy that Ray John Rondo and Tony Allen, the two worst shooters potentially in the history of the NBA. These guys are just god-awful. Probably the two worst non-center shooters in the NBA. Possibly. Um, and uh, so they're not, they're not getting a lot of love. 39 and a half. Uh, let's, I mean, compare this to the Philadelphia 76ers are at 41 and a half. So we're saying the, the Pelicans are two games worse than the, than the Philadelphia 76ers. Obviously in a much, much tougher conference. Got to take that into account for sure. But they still have Anthony Davis. They still have Boogie Cousins. They're going to have a full season of Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday was very good last year. I had him on my fantasy team. I picked him up when there was about two weeks left. He was supposed to be coming back. Remember, he didn't miss time because of an injury. He missed time because of his wife was undergoing, I believe it was um, 
she had a form of brain cancer or there was yeah, a, some surgery, a horrible like situation, you know, hearts out to that family. And I, yeah. I, from all accounts, it seems like she's doing quite well. Uh, and obviously that was time he needed to take off. But he wasn't, you know, this wasn't an injury thing. He wasn't banged up. He was doing this for his family. He came back in with a vengeance. He was hitting threes. He was averaging, uh, you know, a, a lot of assists, points. He was on my fantasy team, like I said. And he was one of my top players going down the stretch for the rest of the season. Drew Holiday, I think, is a, is a, is a good point guard. Anthony Davis is a generational talent. I mean, what... You know, I think that people are looking at that under because they can see things going bad. They can see that off to a rough start, Boogie starts to get unhappy, maybe Davis gets banged up again, Rondo and, and Allen aren't clicking, they're not the defensive wizards that they once were. You can see how this could go really, really bad. I can see it's not helping my sales pitch. You're like, this, yeah, yes. you're just nodding along with Two all of it. the starting five positions are black holes. <laughs> they're absolute black hole non-passers. But, I mean, now... They have, I mean, compared to last year, they have a full season now. They have a full offseason to mesh together uh, with Boogie and Davis playing together. If they have health, I think that they could be uh, potentially a surprise team because Anthony Davis is a, is a fantastic player. Uh, MVP of the All-Star game last year. Scored 52 points in the All-Star game. Which, against that tough D. Against <laughs> that tough D. But, but he was too. dropping 50 points regularly early in the season. Um, and... And, you know, putting up just monster, monster numbers on a team that he started the season, remember, without Holiday and with no boogie on that team, doing all the work by himself. So um, if he could be, if he could fit as a piece and maybe get a little more rest in that system, uh, I think that the, the Pelicans are, are slightly underrated this year. What and you, you forgot to mention Omar Sheik at only $10 million a year. <laughs> I didn't say the, the Pelicans general manager, all right? I didn't say that. I said just the team itself, the team itself. All right. I'm not buying this at all. <laughs> that's okay, that's fair. I'm not that's buying fair. this at all. That's fair, that's fair. Do you think Drew Holiday is an above-average starter? Like, do you think, if you look at all the starting point guards, do you think he is in the top 15? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I think he's a top 15 player, when, if he gets a full season. Okay, yeah. tell me when you get to a point guard that he's better than. Okay. Steph, Harden. Okay, stop. No. CP3. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard. Okay, I'll take him out because I know you. John Wall. John Wall. No, Lillard's better than that. Okay. Um, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, what? I, I mean, this, this is for the 2017 2018 season. I'd rather have Holiday, I think, All than right, Isaiah take Thomas. Him out. Yeah. Uh, I'm just shitting on Thomas. That was, that was unfair. <laughs> Wait, yeah, no, I'd much rather have. Okay, he, he's probably around 15, I guess. Like, because... I think I think he'd be an average starting point yeah. guard in the middle, okay. but the point guard, maybe, maybe I, would put, I would put Mike Conley ahead of him as well. Mike Conley. Uh, Mike Conley was, was fantastic last year, broke his face and was an absolutely, absolutely fantastic player. Um, but I'd say top 15, which, I mean, which is about half, you know, but... Um, and you're right about, like, Anthony Davis. Like, this is a player that he can lead a team by himself to the eighth seed one time. That's yeah. pretty amazing. That was the other point. By yeah. himself. He led a team to the eighth seed. And they took one, the game. They one, took, time. <laughs> one time. One time. Right? He's made the playoffs. One time. One time, yeah. One time. Generational talent. Generational talent. I think, I think. Oh, uh, generational talent. Oh, really? really? Are you down on Anthony Davis? Are you down on AD? He's been to the playoffs once as an eighth seed. As an eighth seed, yeah. As a, I mean, look at the <laughs> supporting the cast he's had. This, would, this is arguably his best supporting cast going into a season. I think inarguably, actually, his best supporting cast. And then still includes Omar Sheik. So, you know, like, that says a lot about the talent that's been around him and the, and the way the league has moved. No, I mean, uh, so would you, would you, if Damian Lillard for, for Anthony Davis straight up? <laughs> well, I mean, of course he's, he's that kind of player. I mean, he, he's a great player. I think it's hard to be generational and to control the game 
if you don't have the ball in your hands. Yes, like it, absolutely. Usually you see it's point guards or people like LeBron, who's basically a point forward, or Paul George. Right. Same thing, like, when it's your center, it's hard to kind of, like, take over the team and control. Yeah. Like, you can put up stats and be really efficient with those stats, but, you know, who's getting the last shot of the game? It's probably not Anthony Davis. Well, the problem was, I think that when he came in the league, we kind of grew used to this pattern of guys being these amazing and, and maybe you'd argue truly generational talents, LeBron, LeBron's, Kevin Durant's, coming in and within their third or fourth year in the league leading their teams consistently to the playoffs and putting their team at the top. And I think what you said is right. I think for a center, that's a much harder uh, proposition to truly lead your team into the playoffs and take them there. You know, um, you still need that guy who's touching the ball every every time down the court. The, I think the point guard position is, is increasingly important. So, so maybe yeah, maybe he doesn't rank at, at, yet. But I mean, this is a kid who's still young. He hasn't hit his prime yet. Some players just develop at at, at, at different paces too. The the idea that if by the third year you're not you know leading your team to the top half of your conference that you're you're somehow not you know one of the best players. Just just fair, fair, fair. But again, look at his team. Look at the teammates he's played with. I get it. All right. I I, I missed the last thing you're saying. I was adding Anthony Davis to my overrated (laughs) list. Anthony Davis overrated. That's strong, man. That's strong. He was putting up monster stats last year. I don't know. I would I trade. I would trade Tatum in a pick for him. I'd take him. <laughs> <laughs> your own pick. Your, your no, the Memphis pick. Oh, <laughs> oh man, easy, easy. I like. I, I like Memphis next year. That sounds good. All right, all right. Anyway, so you're passing on that one. You like Patterson to OKC, but the Pelicans passing. All right, we'll passing Pelicans. Okay. Cool. My next underrated is being an NBA role player. Because being an NBA player is amazing. You're rich. You're famous. But there's a lot of bad things that come with it. When you leave your team, you're soft, you're a traitor, oh, like you're a okay. bitch, you're, you're, you're not anything like Kobe, you're nothing like Jordan, Jordan would never do this, like, no one, but like, no one gives a fuck about Kenneth Fareed, and that dude makes $12 million a year, he's famous enough where he can date pretty much any woman he wants, mm-hmm. he can go to the mall, and there's, there's, a, there's a huge middle section of NBA players who are getting paid between 6 and $12 million a year. Mm-hmm. So they're they're making enough money for their life, like. I think that's yeah. Like, it, way more than way more the money they need, way more the fame they need. Yeah. They have an amazing life, but they don't have any of the like, oh that fucking Cody Zeller man, that guy's a bitch. If I ever saw him, I would knock him out. Like, <laughs> no one's got a pain on him. Like, hey, he's Cody Zeller. He does his thing. Yeah. Like, Plumley, eleven million dollars a year. Like, oh yeah, that guy's <laughs> just getting a check, you know. Like, Plumley <laughs> might get some hate. The Plumleys might get some hate. They all went to Duke. They don't hate those Duke guys. But I get it. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But. Say you're KD or LeBron, you're getting paid twice as much, and I get like now you're like a, a superstar and your your name's immortal. And that's there's mm. some like more value that comes with that, but there's so much shit like KD mm. just put out this new shoe. You see that the soles the soles of his shoes have like forty like derogatory terms that he's been called. Oh, are those are the cupcake shoes, the cupcakes. Uh, I, I don't know if they're those might have been last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like it's just ridiculous. Like he he feels it every day. Yeah. And the insoles of these shoes are just said like soft, weak, traitor, coward, like mm. bitch with like the eye bleeped out, like like it's insane. Like all <laughs> who's these, buying those shoes? Yeah, who's buying these? <laughs> it's like this is how he like views himself, yeah, man, views the world bitch. he lives in, like yeah, and like that, that kind of sucks. And like meanwhile, yeah, sure. like Andre Iguodala is just like hanging out, like getting money. Everyone likes him. Mm-hmm. Like it's good to be an NBA role player, and you can go places. KD can't. Like come to Taiwan yeah. and relax. Like Miles Plumley, like 
Even I wouldn't know who he is. <laughs> By the way, Miles, you are invited on the podcast anytime. Yeah. You want to pop in? We got you possible can, future guest. Miles you can take the whole <laughs> love seat. We'll move Matt over to, to the bed. It's great. So I'm um, saying it's better to be uh, a role player, a highly paid role player, than it is to be a star. I think that's a very interesting point because uh, one of the things that when the the league was going through their last um, round of a collective bargaining agreement and talking about the implications of the salary cap. One of the things that I found was most interesting was the smart cap experts. What they were talking about was that actually the max contract players are underpaid in Absolutely. terms of their true like, market true value. value. Sure. The true value of LeBron James, you, you know, 30 million a year, 28 million a year, whatever it is like that, does not capture his true value to the franchise or to the NBA property as a whole. Um, you know, the way that he's he's putting money in the pockets of every. Uh, team in the league just by being the kind of the face of the league for the years he's Absolutely. been, and the the people signing to the to the minimum contracts, the one year rookie scale deals are also underpaid. They're being undercut, especially rookie deals, because you know the, the people might pay more for rookies for the potential. But the one group of players who are the most under the most overpaid, yeah, are exactly the players that you're talking about. Those guys in the six to fifteen million dollar a year range. The guys getting you know the veteran maximum or whatever like that, the veteran minimum salaries and things like that, the contract exceptions. Absolutely, they are overpaid, and that's why it's underrated. Underrated. To beat them. Oh, to beat absolutely, them. To I beat agree. Is it is underrated to be overpaid <laughs> for think, sure. For sure. I, I think it's still better to be LeBron, to be the face, to be like this huge generational. Yeah. Like, amazing celebrity like that's that's really cool that's, yeah you're not crazy, arguing that you'd rather change. be kenneth Fareed than lebron james but you'd say it'd be pretty goddamn sweet to be I'm kenneth saying, Fareed. Like, when i'm on the basketball court today i saw a lot of curry jerseys i didn't see any wilson chandler jerseys like, <laughs> no, no, Paul that's, wilson. that's someone they should aspire to be like this dude's getting money yeah he's living a great life he's got absolutely. multiple houses yeah absolutely and he's friends it. with all the nba players and he can go to all the parties and Look at Jalen Rose. Look at Jalen Rose, a guy who was a, a great role player through his career, and now is you know an incredibly successful um, you know member of the of NBA media, hosts a, a great podcast as well. You know someone who's given back to his community in the form of his charter schools that he's worked on there. Had an opportunity to to, to have a huge impact in the community he grew up in, and is famous for ordering lobster anytime he sees it on the menu. How sweet is that life? You get that that's money, great, you order yeah. lobster anytime you want it, man. Like that, that's the lobster a, life. The lobster life, man. Order, yeah, ordering lobster without thinking twice about it. That's a good life, man. No, I think that's a fantastic point, and, the, and that is the, the sweet mid, middle section of the NBA where you know, you've got your couple of uh, slots for the max contract guys. And these other guys in the middle are, are, are making more money technically than they're worth. You're right. Wilson Chandler's jerseys aren't flying off the shelves. He's not making that money back. But you got to pay the guy because he, he's, he brings a consistency. He, you know, he, he, he brings it every night. He's a better than, you know, than average player. Not maybe not average NBA, but he's, you know, he's a great player. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's a lot of value in being your own person. Like, Absolutely. You know, celebrities always debate, like, is it worth it being that famous? Like, being Tom Cruise, is it worth it? Mm. Like, he gets a lot of stuff, but he, he misses out on a lot of stuff. He can't just go places. He, can, he has to, like, stay at home or, yeah. you know, be in secluded places. Like, you, you miss out a lot on life. But Definitely reality distorting that level of fame. Is if you're, like, that level of NBA player, like, you can, you, can pro, you can go to a club and promote yourself. Like, you can... You know, reach out Twitter fans like you can be famous and you can also just be normal and I think yeah. that's the greatest place. that's awesome yeah you can have fun you can have more fun remember after LeBron James did the decision famously uh, Brian Scalabrini wanted to host his own decision where <laughs> the joke was he was only had an offer from like one team <laughs> it was like are you gonna take the Scalabrini. are you gonna take the minimum from this team or go to Europe Scalabrini <laughs> like what's your and uh, I don't think he actually ended up filming it because uh, I think probably someone from like LeBron camp reached out to him was like fuck, fuck 
doghouse kind of weird. But you know, you can have fun with stuff like that. You can, you can, yeah. you know, we can be that kind of joke and still have an amazing life, making fantastic money. And now Scal's a fantastic sideline guy for the uh, Boston Celtics. So. And Scalabrini would be a great player on my NBA trickster team. <laughs> he would be fantastic. <laughs> He'd be a great oh, trickster, do you like... remember his college highlight of the no look pass, man? That was no, uh, it was in the NCAA tournament. Which man. team was he with? He played for uh, Southern Cal, uh, USC. Huh. And he had an amazing, like, uh, it was a really awesome play. He The point guard threw to him at the high post. He caught the ball and in one motion threw it backwards over his head. Wow. No look to a cutter who went and finished at the rim. Very, very cool highlight. I don't know why that's always stood out to me from, from Big Scal. I'm sure he just slipped his hands and it looked cool. <laughs> He's like, what? what the fuck? Oh, yeah, assist for Scal. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. Big assist for Big, for big Red. I love that. All right, awesome. So you're buying it? I'm buying it. I'm yeah. buying it. I'm all in on the uh, being a, an overpaid NBA role player. Fantastic life. All right, pitch me your last one. Oh, my last one, underrated. You know, and all of the uh, the big names that have, that have switched teams this year, and and the and the impact we've assessed that they're having on their teams going forward. You know, we talked about obviously Kyrie's been talked about ad nauseum. Paul George, uh, Chris Paul, big moves being made there. One of the names that I think is as a player who's close in caliber to some of these names. Uh, and and move to a team that, that that could be really really interesting moving forward is uh, is Millsap to the Denver Nuggets. So that's my final uh, underrated transaction of the year. Mm-hmm. Paul Millsap going to the Denver Nuggets. If you had to design a power forward to play next to uh, to the Joker in the middle, um, I would definitely. Uh, you'd think you'd want someone with Paul Millsap, a, a, a savvy defensive player who can who can hit threes, can stretch the court, can pass the ball, can move, can rebound offensively and defensively. Uh, he fills up the stat sheet the same way Joker was uh, was pulling a lot of triple doubles in the second half last year. He's like a good leader too. Yeah, a great leader, a great uh, locker room presence, a fantastic guy to have there. Uh, you look at that team with 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 Joker, with uh, with Millsap there, uh, with uh, with Harris and. Um, Excuse me, Jamal and Jamal Murray. The potential for them to grow. I mean, these guys considered untouchable. They wouldn't trade, you know, Kev for Kevin Love. or wouldn't consider putting them in the Kyrie deal. So obviously, they have a lot of, you know, whatever the coaches are seeing there. They're thinking that these guys can be can be big name players. Still missing that piece. I'm a Moutier fan. I'm, I'm a Moutier believer. Yeah. I believe he's got he's got a redemption tour in him. But uh, you know, they're still definitely missing uh, a piece, and that's why Kyrie would have been really interesting on that team. But um. I love the addition to Millsap to that Denver team, and I think that could be a really significant thing in the Western Conference. What do you think about Millsap to Denver? I really like when young, talented teams add veteran talent. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times, it seems like you're just supposed to stay young or something. But mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's great to give the the Joker this this great player who can like rub off on him and teach him what it means to be a, a professional. Mm-hmm. And plus, you're still developing around Gary Harris and. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another dude I'm forgetting. Plus Jamal they, Murray. Jamal Murray. Yeah. Like they, they have some young talent and they're not they're not mortgaging it. You know, like mm-hmm. to get Kyrie, you have to mortgage your future. Definitely. Yeah. Millsap. Sacrifice the addition depth. of Millsap is just like it's just addition by addition. Just it's amazing. Yeah. It's just it's gonna make them a lot better. It's gonna teach. It's gonna like keep the young guys honest. Like teach yeah. them the discipline. And yeah, they can make some noise. And if they don't, like. They still have their whole future. So exactly, I, I they still got that future. Uh, so they lost Gallinari, but Gallinari's a guy who plays at the three, and is, and is a big gunner. And they pick up Millsap, a guy who can also knock down the three-point shot, but plays at the four. Um, you know, a position that um, I mean, look at the front court rotation they had last year. They had Fareed and Nurkic. Um, am I pronouncing that right? Nur- Nur- yep. Nurkic. Uh, yeah, Nurkic. Nurkic fever over here in Portland. I'm f- feeling it. He needed and he needed to get out. Nurkic, uh, uh, Fareed, and uh, Joker. And Joker started the season on the bench. He started off on the bench, uh, which was, it was strange. And he was he was coming in. He wasn't really finding his place. 
now he's definitely firmly entrenched in the starting lineup. Uh, obviously, he was he was killing it in the second half of last year. Another guy I had on my fantasy team. A uh, theme to my underrated. Five <laughs> right here. Every guy on your fantasy guys team. I had on my fantasy team, man, uh, and, uh, and I had a good year, so I like it. So um, uh, Joker was filling up the stat sheet. He's a young guy going into, um, you know, in, starting to enter the, the early stages of his prime because he's still a very young player. What a great move adding that veteran uh, Millsap on that team. Yeah. Uh, I like that, and I, I'm and as you know, I'm very high on Denver this year, so we'll see how 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 my how my Nuggets do. I like it. I'm gonna buy it. All right, I'm buying it. Boom, good in. Yep, yeah. and that's that's it. So let's uh, let's get you final underrated for the 2017-2018 NBA season. What do you think, Matt? The most underrated thing about the NBA are our listeners. <laughs> we are a young podcast. We don't have too many listeners, but we have followers. We have listeners. Each podcast get followers. They get some comments. And we appreciate it. We're trying to start something new. And really, if you guys can give comments. Like, I never comment on podcasts. Yeah. I've never given a podcast a rating. Never once. If you don't do that, I don't blame you at all. I get it. <laughs> if you do it, we'll really appreciate it. We're trying to figure out what works, what doesn't, yeah. what things you guys like. But uh, we thank you for listening. Tell a friend. I've also never told a friend about a podcast that <laughs> I was told to. Only, no, you told me, but you recommended. I found out but the ones I like. But yeah. ones I like, I've never been, like when I hear like uh, the ringer, like, hey, don't forget to tell a friend. It's like I'm not gonna tell anyone. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I never. Yeah, followed the directive. But, yeah, but yeah, if exactly. you actually like it and you want to tell someone, we appreciate that too. And yeah, yeah. thanks for listening. Next up, we got the uh, overrated podcast. Overrated, yeah. Well, just overrated. to follow up on that, some ways you can some ways you can get at us. We got email dunkyouverymuchpod at gmail You can find us on Twitter. We are uh, dunkyouverymuch. I think it's at Dunk Pod Taiwan on Twitter if you yep. want to add us there. We put up a few episodes. You can find all of our episodes on SoundCloud and Stitcher. Uh, Dunk you very much and either of those will bring up. And we should be getting on iTunes, iTunes pretty really soon. soon. Yeah. yeah. So um, by the time this pod goes, hopefully we'll be live on iTunes as well. And yeah, that's an excellent way to end it. Thank you to anyone who's listening out there. Please uh, help us uh, share, spread the word, and let us know what you think about it. And let us know what you want to hear us talk about. And we've been uh, we've been blowing smoke about all these. People's asked, call them underrated. Next up, we got the overrated. Time to talk Bam. some shit. Takedowns, takedowns. Yeah. Very good. I actually had our listeners in the overrated section, so this should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cheers, guys. I'm uh, selling. We'll, <laughs> we'll come at you next time. This is Dunk You Very Much. Be well. <laughs> <laughs>